Call for Action presents Of Consuming Interest, a public service show that discusses scams, deceptive offers, and other consumer concerns. Here's the director of WJLA 7 Call for Action and your host, Shirley Rooker. Are you aware that about 60% of your utility expenses is due to heating your house or apartment? Well, let me tell you something. That nice snug room that you have uh, may be eating up a lot of your money, but there are a number of things that you can do to reduce those costs, and we're going to talk about them today. As a matter of fact, we're going to talk about 32 changes, we probably won't get to all of them, that you can make to save money on your heating bills. And my guest is Kevin Brassler, who is the executive editor of Washington Consumer Checkbook Magazine. And I have to tell you that the checkbook is my favorite publication in the whole world. I have been a subscriber ever since I can remember, Kevin. You all do a fabulous job. And I know that what I read there is unbelievable biased reporting. So it's a really refreshing publication. And I hope you all are doing well during this awful time that we're having here. Well, thank you. It's, it's an unbelievably warm welcome. And yeah, we're, we're hanging in. We're, we're, st- we're still going. And uh, it's been a, a big shift to working at home for everyone. But it's so far. I know. So good. It's terrible. Yeah. We should do a program about that sometime. Huh. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, let's talk about heating and I really did learn. I mean, I thought I knew a lot, you know, smug me, but I learned a lot from reading your latest publication on how to save energy at home. And um, what is so interesting about this article, Kevin, is that you put it together so that there's little bits of information here, here, here. You lay it out. You tell us what to do. You tell us what kind of money we'll save. And then you make it sound so simple. And most of it is. That's what I love about it. But let's first off, let's just do a bit, one of the things that, that's my favorite thing. And that's leaks. Now, I believe my house is pretty leak proof. However, I know there are a couple of places that, that things leak. But um, I went through years ago and put little plastic plugs in um outlets where that we didn't have any uh, thing plugged in, even that kind of mm. thing. And that's a good safety procedure, uh, procedure if you have young children to keep them from sticking a pencil down into your outlet. So tell us about some of the things that you did in terms of stopping leaks. Well, it, you know, it's interesting. We At Checkbook, we cover all kinds of different uh, home improvement services. We, you know, window installers and we've discussed things like should you buy more efficient appliances should you buy a more efficient furnace should you buy solar panels and one of the things that's always just kind of bugged me a little bit over the years is that when most people think about uh, making their homes more energy efficient they think about those really big expensive projects like solar panels or geothermal heating Uh, and while those things will save tons of energy uh, there are a lot of little things you can do that don't cost much or even anything at all to save significantly. And, and the really at the top of the list is looking for and plugging up leaks, just ways your home passively wastes energy every single day. Uh, so a good example is probably the, the, the first thing to do is make sure that you have weather stripping around each exterior door. Uh, that'll save considerably in terms of just a common place where most homes lose energy, lose heating in the, in the wintertime and lose cooling uh, in the summertime. Uh, but there are also other, you know, usually common sources, uh, usually where building materials meet. So where 
you know, a, a chimney meets the other services of your home. Uh, you mentioned electrical outlets. That's a common source of problems because often there is an insulation and the box that's in your in your wall, in your plaster or drywall, and you can actually buy little foam insulating kits to stick in there to fill up that space. You know, one of the things, my best check is to take my hand and run around doors, uh, windows, that sort of thing yeah. uh, to see if there's leaks coming in. And, you know, it's amazing what you can find in just doing this kind of a check. It's a simple thing to do. But the, the biggest thing to me is that you need to be proactive and you're going to save a lot of money doing it. One of the things that I know that you would advise people is about their fireplaces and yeah. making sure that the fireplace, um, that the fireplace is um, uh, vents are closed, the flues closed. There's only one problem with that. If you have a gas fireplace, you cannot close the flue. Yeah, and, and which not is completely because you right. have to have a constant flow. Right. So the big thing there is to have really good doors on your fireplace that you can yeah. close and make sure that they're closing tightly because that can be a real source of air leaking. It goes right up the chimney. Yeah, and, and fireplaces in general are common trouble spots because they're designed to pull a lot of heat and, and air up the chimney and out of your house. And if you're if you're not don't have a tight seal there, if your if your flue doesn't close tightly, and even if it does, a lot of energy auditors, people who study uh, you know, loss of energy in homes recommend you buy, basically it's a big rubber balloon that you stick up there and inflate to take up all the remaining mm -hmm. space to make sure, and that's one of our tips, to make sure that your, your chimney just isn't, you know, sucking up perfectly good hot air out of your home. Well, they're designed uh, they're to suck it. up the smoke right. from your fireplace. Yeah. So that they, but and those, they do their job too. Yeah. One, of, one of the other things that I thought was very important that you mentioned is talking about, and it, and it seems to me obvious, but I wonder how many people think about it, is the duct work and it's exposure. If it's exposed, if it's under in a crawl space or something like that. And you know what? A lot of us don't really know, uh, especially if you've moved into a newer house and you're not that familiar with the house. So you really need to do a little bit of exploring, don't you, to see where all that air is going. You do. And so the Department of Energy, it, it estimates that, uh, you know, many homes lose 20 percent of their heating and cooling costs from having just you know, leaks in your in their ductwork. And so one thing you can do is, especially if, if you have ductwork that's in an unfinished area of your home, uh, is, is simply tape up all the different joints in the ductwork if there are holes uh, plug them up, uh, use mastic tape, or there's also something called HVAC foil tape. Uh, you won't be able to get to ducts that are in, you know, behind walls or, you know, above ceilings or anything like that. But if you have renovation work being done and you mm -hmm. do have access to them, make sure, you know, take that opportunity to go ahead and, and seal them up as much as you can. Uh, another big source of waste is that sometimes uh, ducts run through, you know, crawl spaces or, or basements that aren't aren't conditioned. That, that there's no heating or cooling in the area, or not very much, and so you can actually wrap that ductwork uh, in insulating material. To and again, it just it just it's another way to easily and, and really quite ex inexpensively uh, mm -hmm. save on your heating and cooling bill. Well, and, and not only are you saving on it, but it'll make your heating more consistent, even it'll, your cool and your cooling as well, it, because it you're will. going to be protecting those pipes from heat as well as cold. Right. Yeah. 
Okay. Now, one of the one of the things that I had not thought about, but you talk about unplugging devices if they're not being used. I never really thought about that, but but you some devices continue to lose electricity even when they're plugged in, even if they're turned off. Well, you know, and it's funny because I hadn't really thought of this either. When I originally pulled this list together, it was 31 things, you know, 31 ways to save energy at home. Mm-hmm. And I had sent the, you know, the, my you know, the kind of final draft of it uh, to someone out at the National Berkeley Laboratory. And, you know, just because he's an expert in this, he's more of an expert than I am. This is he's devoted his whole life to this, right? And he said, well, this is the one thing you're missing is that, you know, people really should unplug stuff that they're not using. Uh, because while manufacturers have gotten a lot better about not having, they used to call them uh, wall warts or vampires where the thing's plugged in and it's not turned on, but it's still drawing a lot of energy. It used to be when you charge your phone, even when the phone was charged, it would still pull energy out of the outlet. But his point was that you know a, a lot of uh, our, our energy costs are for tech. Uh, let's let's days. just take a brief sure. pause here. Time is flying by. This is such an interesting subject because it, it affects our pocketbook and we are always interested in that. But just to let our listeners know they're tu- you're tuned in to Of Consuming Interest. I'm Shirley Rooker. My guest is Kevin Brassler. He is the executive editor of Washington's Consumers Checkbook Magazine. And we are having a great discussion on ways that you can save on heating your home. Um, And going back to this business about turning off, are there some specific gadgets that you really need to unplug more than others? Well, you know, the more you can unplug, the better. If you have an extra refrigerator in your garage or in your basement and you're really not using it, you'll save a ton. Uh, by just consolidating to you know your your sing- a single refrigerator or freezer, but even you know unplugging that VCR that you haven't used in years, or that DVD player, or that video game console, uh, or using even you know, they have smart power strips these days, which can sense uh, when things plugged into them are aren't being used, and and they'll shut those devices off. No, um, I didn't. I wasn't aware of that. I thought those power strips were just for surges and to protect your devices. I didn't know that you could get a smart one that's going to say, ah, Shirley is not using her computer. I'm going to turn it off. You can. Um, And yeah. And, and, you know, again, it's, it's a, it's a large source of experience. It's seven to 10, 12% of our, our, our energy use each year is from powering tech. And, you know, I think most people sitting there can say, oh yeah, I have stuff plugged in that I'm just not using or don't, it doesn't mm -hmm. need to be plugged in all the time. What about getting a, a, an energy audit of your home? Is it generally worth it? Yeah, it can be. Uh, th- there's usually two types. Utility companies will usually pay for or, or you only have to pay a small fee to get kind of the quick audit done. Uh, and those are helpful. They'll identify ways you might save energy. They're going to do a lot of the kind of stuff you can do on your own in terms of looking uh, for, for leaks around your home. More thorough audits, they'll use an infrared cal- uh, uh, camera and they'll put a this blower door uh, in your front door and to test for leakage. And, and then, you know, it's kind of a, a more f- efficient way to look for leaks probably. Uh, well, you I talk about it, a sweep on the bottom, you're talking about the yeah. front door. Yeah, and a so that's, sweep on the front door to keep the air from coming in that area. Right, L- like weather stripping around the door, you can put a sweep at the bottom of doors and that'll also, it just seals up another area mm-hmm. where your home's, mm-hmm wasting leaks. And that's, that, that'll be a common, uh, you know, technique that, that energy auditors likely will recommend uh, you, you take a common step that, that they'll recommend you take. 
I think if you're really, you know, one, one, especially if you have an older house and there's lots of different ways it's leaking, it's going to be harder for you to kind of pinpoint them. Uh, energy auditors will be especially helpful in, in mm-hmm. finding sources of. of so problems. ultimately, it it could be um, a very wealth worth the investment because they, if they find, in a, as you say, in an older house particularly, if they find all these sources of loss of of heating, um, you're going to save some money. One of the things I like also is that you go through in your uh, your publication and you talk about how much you're likely to save if you take these steps. Tell us, Peter, uh, Peter, tell us, Kevin, where people can can go to find Checkbook. Uh, so if they go to checkbook.org, that's that's our, our website and that's the best way to to find our, uh, our, our advice on this. Uh, right there on the homepage right now will be uh, the top story. It will be, you know, 32 ways to save energy at home. Uh, okay, so and I'm I'm recommending to people that they subscribe to your magazine and they can get it online that way. It's wonderful. You have all kinds of ratings for everything that you can think of. And I will tell you that I don't do anything until I go to checkbook. And, you know, I mean that. I'm not just saying that. Um, it is, to me, it's my Bible for getting repair work done. Uh, only once in a while have I lost out on something and I wrote you all a review of that incident in my oh, life good. Good. So, <laughs> to let other consumers know. But um, but you know what? That's the way that we do get better educated in terms of everything is sharing information and tell people, let's tell our listeners, because if they're not familiar with you, which they should be, if they're not, how you go about giving ratings to to things. I'm digressing yeah. a little bit, but we'll come back oh, to the no, Sure. No, I think you know, there's lots of we we collect uh, consumer ratings of of local businesses, uh, and and we do that. We survey our own members. We survey other consumers in the area uh, that we invite in. Uh, there are lots of different ratings these days of, of services and products. I think what really makes Checkbook different, and this is an important thing, uh, is that we're nonprofit and we don't have any financial relationships with these businesses at all. We don't have any advertising on our site and our print magazines. We don't take referral fees from businesses. Uh, and so the, we're really independent and unbiased, unlike a lot of the other sources of ratings these days, which are basically advertising vehicles. Well, and they, um, and, yeah, and people can pay to get their ratings changed. Exactly, There's, right. And it's an you open... To, you do have to be skeptical about all the stuff that's online now about yeah. ratings and five-star reviews and whatnot. Um, I think the other not thing Not to put that, them down because some of them do a really good job. But then there are the people out there who really don't, and they're they're not too great. But I do find that uh, I have been almost 100% pleased with the people that I find through Checkbook. And many of them will say to me, well, how did you get my name? And I say through Checkbook. And they say, oh, that's good. So, you know, I think everybody realizes the value of what you do. Now, do consumers have to be a member to get a... um, a, a copy, for example, of this latest publication, or can they buy it on the newsstand? It's it's available in libraries, so they can they can access okay. it there. Uh, our advice online at checkbook.org, our advice is always free. Uh, to get access to the ratings of local businesses, uh, the consumer ratings we collect, the price comparisons we do, mm-hmm. uh, the other checks we take, 
uh, you do have to subscribe and it's, 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 you know, $28 for two years, I think is the, I think we can rate. all I mean, afford you know, that. Kevin. It's not yeah. much. And it, and it just supports our mission because we don't have advertising revenue. We're, right. a, exactly. we're a public service organization, public service minded. And unlike, you know, again, other sources of ratings out there, we're looking out for consumers. We were founded by consumers. We represent consumers and we're, we're advocates. And so, we do stories like this one where we're trying to discuss how to save energy, practical ways to save energy. Mm -hmm. uh, you Absolutely. Know, careful well, let, let's just take a brief pause here and let people know that they're tuned into of consuming interest. I'm Shirley Rooker. My guest is Kevin Brassler, who is the executive editor of Washington Consumers Checkbook Magazine. And we're talking about ways that you can reduce the heating expenses in your home. Um, now, should you buy your uh, water heater a big, nice, big, cozy sweater or blanket? Uh, tell us about that and the recommendations that you have on it, Kevin. You, you can. They sell these these basically blankets that you can wrap around your water heater, and if you, especially if you have an older model that's not foam insulated, uh, that'll save. It'll save you know ten, twenty percent off your 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 water heating costs. Uh, if your if your water heater is newer, you probably don't need to worry about that because it's likely pretty well insulated. Well, I think um, you recommend that people go and just put their hand on the water heater and see right. if it's warm. And yeah, if it is, it's losing heat. Carefully put your hand on it. Yeah, carefully. Don't burn yourself. <laughs> uh, just touch it, touch it with your fingertip. Yeah, another way is, that, is to save on on water heating costs is to to dial down the thermostat. Uh, you know, water heaters. They can usually be set between 120 and 140. Uh, a lot of homeowners set theirs uh, too high, and, and it, it it only wears down the the water heater. You'll it'll mm -hmm. fail sooner, but you can save considerably on energy by. If, I mean, if you reduce the temperature by 10, 15 percent, you're going to have a corresponding uh, energy savings there. And that is what we want to hear. Now, I know that I'm a bad consumer but I'm still sticking to my incandescent light bulbs. Um, I just don't like the new light bulbs, the, the um, LED light bulbs. I, I guess they're being improved now and the color spectrum is changing, but at one time they made you look kind of green and strange and they changed all the colors in your home because if you put them in, suddenly your colors that you had chosen carefully using incandescent lighting, it didn't look the same. So tell us what do you, I, maybe you're not an expert on this, Kevin, but what do you know about lighting right now and what we really can do to save on electricity that way? Well, I know they've gotten much, much better. I mean, when they first tried to uh, put fluorescence on the market, for example, you had this issue that you're describing where you seem green or blue and you had to kind of pick this weird color. Uh, but the, the new LEDs that are, you know, what you really want are the bulb-shaped A-type LEDs uh, they, those will work far better for you than, than what you experienced before. Uh, we've replaced them throughout our home and, and barely notice a difference at all. Uh, and in some cases, when I'm doing TV interviews here at home, I have a, a ring light that actually makes me look better. Uh, then probably can I borrow it? Fashion. Yeah. Well, my <laughs> daughter keeps borrowing it for school, so it probably won't last very long. Um, but I, you know, I, you know, I think that 
you know, a lot of folks when, you know, years ago when, when the shift started occurring and the Department of Energy was really pushing uh, out these really inefficient light bulbs, people did have bad experiences and that's what they're kind of hanging on to. But the new LEDs are much, much better at this. And, and they're, I'd say that the one disadvantage is they sometimes don't really cast light evenly in all directions. Uh, but they have, you know, omnidirectional bulbs for lamps, and there's, it's, yes, it's, it's more, conf much more confusing than it used to be. You used to buy an incandescent bulb, and it worked pretty well, and, uh, and now you have different directions and flood types, but, you know, there are pretty good resources online for kind of deciding mm -hmm. what to buy, and for what situation, and what room. Uh, the big retailers are all over this. I mean, Home Depot, Oh, well, Lowe's, that's others, practically are, all you can find on the shelves these right. days. Yeah, um, and, and the stores are, are LED lights. Yeah, and even, you know, the good news is, is that most of the really inefficient bulbs aren't, aren't on the market anymore at all. And so what you are buying these days tend to be a lot more efficient than what they used mm -hmm. to be. Uh, well, and supposedly know. they last longer, too. That, that's the part of the selling point for some of the incandescent lights, that they've right. got an extended longer life as well. Right. Yes, yeah. Well, you know, I'm finding it difficult to make that transition. I, I can do much about everything else and do all the other energy checks. And, um, and uh, you know, we actually did have our windows replaced in our house because we live in a house that's about 55 years old. And um, we had that done a few years ago. And I have to tell you, in terms of comfort and use, it made a world of difference, but it is an expensive investment and something that people may not want to do, um, depending on how long they think they're going to live there. Would that, would that be one of the criteria? Yeah. And, and I think, you know, the, the thing with windows is there's lots of good reasons to replace yours. If yours are old and drafty and it makes your house uncomfortable. Well, they were, or, or they, <laughs> they were, and they just don't open and shut or you just want a new window where you didn't have one. Those are good reasons to replace windows. If you're trying to think about, you know, what projects, do I want to undertake that will drastically cut my energy use? New windows will cut your energy use, but not nearly enough to pay for the project. Mm -hmm. So if you want to do everything you can to save energy, to help the environment, to reduce pollution, uh, to reduce your usage, then yeah, if you have old drafty windows, that's something you can do as are solar panels or geothermal heating and other things you can do. But it's going to be an expensive project that from a dollars and cents standpoint is unlikely to pay for itself unlike right. you know adding well, insulation you, to your I, attic or something like i'll tell that. you the one thing that it did do um it, it made the windows easier to clean because instead of having um those little slats like i live in an old colonial house and and um instead of having the slats on the windows that you had to clean each little square now that slats in the middle between the double panes and <laughs> cleaning them is, is a cinch. So that's one of the good things about it. But and then and they look better and I'm happier with yeah. them. And we we did it a number of years ago. So I think it probably is beginning to pay off, but probably not because it was a terrible process. So anyhow, <laughs> look, Kevin, any last words? We've only got a minute here. No, I'd say that, you know, a few other things. Uh, if you need to replace your furnace, please do consider paying for the, the most expensive furnace you can get. That's the type of project where, yeah, it costs more. You're going to pay a couple more thousand dollars up front for more efficiency, but you'll quickly get that back in savings. Yeah, it'll be um, worth it in the long run. And yeah. of course, you've got to consider, too, how long are you going to stay in the house? 
Yeah, I, that's that's another point. Uh, and you you know, I think with a furnace, you'll get the savings. You know, you'll pay for the extra cost in just a few three years. It won't take yeah. long at all. Oh, really? Oh, that's or good. Other things. Well, look, like, Kevin. Yeah. You know what? You've got so much good information, and I wish we had time to share a rest more of it with our listeners, but we don't. I want to thank you for being here. As always, you're delightful and informative guest. Um, You've, we've been talking to Kevin Brassler, who is the executive editor of Washington Consumers Checkbook Magazine, uh, one of my favorite publications. If you're not a subscriber, you ought to be. Their advice is non-partial and non-commercial. So anyway, Kevin, again, thank you. And you've been listening to the Of Consuming Interest right here on the Federal News Network. And I hope you will join us again soon. Of Consuming Interest is a public service program presented by WJLA 7 Call for Action, hosted by Shirley Rooker. Call for Action is an international nonprofit network of hotlines which offer free and confidential assistance. If you have a complaint, contact Call for Action at 301-652-HELP. That's 301-652-HELP.